0: This is The Shorts, and you're listening to The Dirtbag Diaries, a Duct Tape Than Beer production, with support from New Belgium Brewing, Kuat Racks, and Patagonia.
1: In the dirtbagging lifestyle, we all have our low moments. Those times when living on the road, out of your car, forces you to brush off a sense of dignity and pride do what must be done. Sometimes this means bathing in a Rubbermaid tub, reading canned tuna with a nut tool in a Walmart parking lot. Sometimes it means reverting your behavior to how humans lived 10,000 years ago. In 2010, I had two months of time to kill. Between the end of the semester of college and the beginning of my seasonal job working at a youth program in Wyoming, I had nowhere to be and no obligations to fulfill. I decided to visit my friends Luke and Aaron we are working on the east side of the Sierra in California, and climb as much as possible. I packed everything I owned into my little Saturn sedan, and drove towards the mule capital of the world, Bishop, California. The first week, I spent working out the kinks of living out of my car. Frustrated with cooking on the ground and getting sand in my food, I learned to balance my Coleman 2 burner on the unnecessary plastic spoiler on the back of my car to make a flat cooking service. The water jug sat on the floor in front of the passenger seat for perfect pouring height. I packed my car like a champion Tetris player. Each time I filled my car to capacity, I felt satisfied with my efficiency. The only issue was my sleeping situation. Because the Owens River Valley is a desert, squeezed between the Sierras to the west and the White Mountains to the east, hellacious winds can sweep the valley. Each night they'd sweep sand into my face, and I'd wake up snorting and grumpy. I learned to sleep strategically on certain sides of my car to create a wind block, but that didn't really account for changing winds, dust, and the occasional rain shower. I didn't want to leave a tent up because of the proximity to a larger population area, and I deemed it too much of a pain in the ass to set up a tent every night. Lazy, I know, but hey, this is supposed to be a lifestyle of leisure. So one morning, while wandering out to the rim of the mesa for a sunrise walk, I saw an unusual shadow along a ridge of boulders not far from where I'd been sleeping. On top of the volcanic tablelands, I found an overhanging boulder, somewhat hidden and entirely sheltered. The cave was eight feet wide, four feet deep, and four feet high. I excitedly pointed it out to my friends and immediately went to work creating my own little habitat. I built a rock wall around the open front of the boulder, leaving a hobbit-sized entrance to crawl in and out of. Each night I dragged my sleeping bag and pad into the cave, curled up with a book and my headlamp, and tried to ignore the six- to eight-legged creatures that also inhabited my cave. Slowly, the books piled up into a stack near one end of the cave, while the other side held my stove and pots. My cooler became a combination nightstand and backrest, where I would sit and read, satisfied with my ingenuity. I could spend a whole day in there without leaving for any reason, thanks to the carefully capped pea bottle. On second thought... No wonder no one else wanted to come in. With each night that I slept in my cave, I became more attached to it and more protective of it. My friends started referring to me as the caveman and I answered mostly in grunts. If they were away working, I'd go days without talking to another person, sometimes days without leaving the area. I generally avoided other people camped on the same mesa or the areas where I climbed. I bouldered or soloed easy alpine ridges unless I had a familiar partner. I became reclusive extensively writing in a journal or reading books instead of conversing with the occasional other person camped at the pull-off near my cave. Normally, I'd at least wave a hello to fellow nomadic neighbors, but after a few campers tried to usurp my parking spot for their RVs and crowded the pull-off with matching tents, I became suspicious of other campers in the area. No way were they going to take my coveted cave. One morning, I was sleeping late before beginning a day of bouldering, I heard something shuffling and mumbling outside the cave. In my half-awake state, the noises didn't really register until something blocked the sunshine pouring in from the outside. I groaned and rolled to see what it was, and I heard a child yelp. Oh my god! A homeless guy! My eyes snapped open to see two kids staring at me in bewilderment. Our eyes met for a second. I didn't want children invading my little sanctuary, but I didn't know what to do. So I went with my gut reaction. I growled. They ran screaming back to their family's RV, and I smiled, sure that they wouldn't return. Wait a minute. Did I just growl? Couldn't I have at least said hello, or told them to leave me alone? Who was I becoming? I suddenly had visions of my future. A grizzled climber, clothes in tattered painter's pants, smeared with chalk and aluminum, sleeping at the base of the crag. Alternating between growling and mumbling something about goddamn Gumbies, a pungent stench of body odor and ramen noodles would emanate out of my cave until an invasive exotic removal crew hired by the BLM kicked me out. I shivered in fear of the potential. After that, I realized it was way past time to relinquish my cave. My job at the youth program in Wyoming was starting soon, and I had to move on. Before leaving, I had the presence of mind to look in a mirror. The person staring back at me had a permanent sunburn, crazy eyes, and a big red matted mane. Hardly the person people would trust with children. I decided to shave to appear a bit more presentable. Shaving off a beard in the desert is a bit more of a production than getting rid of a 5 o'clock shadow in your bathroom. Nevertheless, I was determined to shave then and there. I collected a bowl of water, barber scissors, a razor, and shaving cream, and stripped down to my boxers so as not to cover up my rarely washed clothes with my hair. I tried to use my side mirror on my car, but the angle was too narrow. Squishing my face against the window to see myself in the mirror wasn't particularly conducive to shaving. With true jerkbag ingenuity, I pulled a black t-shirt behind my car window, which created enough of a reflection to get the job done. I lathered up and started chopping. About halfway through, a camper van I didn't recognize pulled up. I turned around to see who it was. The driver and I were just close enough to make eye contact. The driver shifted into reverse, flipped the van around, and drove off. Up until that point, I didn't see anything abnormal with what I was doing, but I suppose if I had seen a half-naked man covered in shaving cream crouching by a car, I would have camped elsewhere too with each swipe of the razor. I could feel the weight of hermetic living lift off me and fall into a pile of clippings on the ground after a visit to a laundromat and a shower. I felt like a new man, clean and approachable. I packed up my little car, emptying out the cave one thing at a time. I completed the rock wall ready in the cave for someone else to discover it. Then, I turned my car east and started to drive. It's funny the things that affect us, our friends, our environment, our living situations all play a part in who we are. They create the context we live in. Since living in the cave, I've tried to choose my housing a little more carefully. But then again, who knows how this whole double-wide trailer situation will end up. I'm Ethan Newman, and this is my short.
0: When Ethan isn't working near Zion National Park, he's climbing obscure desert routes and collecting sand in all sorts of uncomfortable places. Music today by the Pistol Snappers, Block Party, the British IBM, all courtesy of Mevio's Music Alley. Now that it's officially fall, we're thinking of those darker, colder, scarier nights that are upon us. If you have a frightening or creepy tale that you'd like to share, write it down and email it to editor at ducttapethenbeer.com. If your story is selected for our annual Halloween episode, you'll get a Dirtbag Diaries sweatshirt. Deadlines for entries is Sunday, October 13th. The Diaries would not be possible without New Belgium Brewing who encourages you to follow your folly. Their fall seasonal pump kick has the usual spicy pumpkin suspects with an added kick from tart cranberries and lemongrass. Find it at newbelgium.com. With aluminum construction and sleek design, Kuat Racks is designing bike racks for you, their fellow riders. They've added a slim line roof rack to their roster. Check it out at kuatracks.com. And as always, thanks to the good people at Patagonia for their continued support. This episode of The Dirtbag Diaries was produced by Becca Cahal and Jen Altschul. I'm Fitz Cahal. Thanks for tuning in.